Hello and welcome back to I'm New Here, a podcast from the Balkley Valley. This is episode three. Before I begin this episode, I'd like to share with you a common grievance, the combination of timing, technology, and luck in 2020. Back in June, I was working on a project interviewing people in long-term care facilities about the effects of isolation on them in their own words. Someone I could not connect with was a man who a lot of people told me I should talk to. After a lot of missed calls and tech issues, we finally got on the phone with each other. The audio playing behind me right now is likely a familiar sound to you. The type, the Skype, the hangups, and then most conversations starting with a discussion of whose phone sucks more. I apologize for the quality of the call. It's a little hard to understand parts of the conversation, but what isn't lacking is Wayne's wit and classic European way of smirking through most stories. If you listen to episode two, you got a taste of the audible smirk I'm talking about. He reminds me of my grandmother's this way. It was a treat to talk to him. Hello. Hi, Wayne. Yeah. Hi. They cut me off. They come and scroll to fix my phone, but I love them all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, I tried calling a few times there, and it just uh, it canceled the call on me. But uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're working. We're working now, so we're we're good to go. Okay. Wayne moved to the Bulkley Valley from Denmark, sight unseen at a time when young men were looking for work, a new way of life, or in Wayne's case, as a way to shirk his inevitable matrimonial state. Yes, I came from Denmark, but I wasn't at all. I was doing the war in Denmark. No, yeah, I came to I came to Smithers. The only way I could come in to work for agriculture. So I was very lucky. I had some good times in Canada, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And so did he sponsor you to come to Canada? No, I wanted to get away from all the women. They <laughs> all wanted to get married, and I wasn't ready to get married. <laughs> Believe it or not, I found my wife in Kinemet. So you did, so you got caught. <laughs> yeah. He lives at Skeena Place now, and at 94 is quite active and social, or as social as he can be in his long-term care home. His only complaint about living in Skeena Place is that they feed the residents too often. He said he doesn't understand why they feed everyone with only five hours in between meals. Spoken like a hardworking farmer who lived through World War II. When he moved here in 1948, he began working as a logger in the NAS and eventually began working on a farm, later owning and operating two farms, one in Terrace and one in Hazleton. Well, I didn't have much money in Denmark. I did well in this country. Yeah. I had a camp... I had 45 men in camp, and I had either four or five guys from Idaho and four or five guys from the electric. I was logging. Yeah, and it was so far, far from Terrace. This is a beautiful place, Hazelman. Probably the most beautiful place in the world. The mountains there is unbelievable. Yeah. People keep coming back. Even the Germans come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is funny. And I have a lovely wife. I met my wife in Kinemet. Tell me about when you tell me about uh, how you met your wife and and what your first impressions were. Well, I went to Kinemet and I decided to stay for five years. And I saw the thing being built house by house, road by road. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. He met his wife in Kinemet playing badminton, and they fell in love quickly, and even quicker started a family. What was your wife's name? 
Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Same as the Queen. Born the same week as the Queen. Oh. So was I, and so was I. I need to paraphrase the story of how Wayne and Elizabeth met. This part I would much rather you hear from Wayne himself, but the phone call is just not clear enough. I asked specifics of how they met, and this is what he said. Well, well I was playing I was badminton, playing and she walked out onto the court. court. And she said, she's been talking to some friends, and she liked what she heard. She said, I think I'll marry you. I didn't propose to her, she proposed to me. So I said I'd think about it, but thanks for the offer. But I married her. She was a lovely woman. Together they had three sons. Both Elizabeth and Wayne were 14 when World War II started. Wayne said that he had stories to tell me from the war, and this is one of them. I, I can tell you a lot of stories about World War Two. We were sitting, we were sitting have a lunch on the farm, and we heard the machine gun go off, and we ran outside, and the, the British plane had shot down the German plane. The German plane was down on the ground burning. The pilot ran to death. They couldn't get close to the plane. And three guys jumped out. The first guy made it. He was the only one alive. The other three, one was hanging in the tree. The other one had his head in the ground. They were dead, but the first guy to jump was alive. If somebody gave him a cigarette, he was pretty shaky. Someone get the guy who lived a cigarette. Oh, this is so badass in old school. Then the Germans come picked up the plane and the bodies. Well, it doesn't matter what one won't come to you. You've got to bury them to fuck regardless. It's unbelievable what long happens, though. What's the secret for, for living this long? You're 93? 94. 94. What's the secret for living that long? Yeah, I, I was, I've been there for two years now. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Life is not as long as you think. No? Went by fast? I mean, life goes pretty quick. And they uh, all went through the war. My wife didn't go through the war. She was 14 years old. Her and I was the same age. We were both 14 when the war started. Wow. I should write a book, eh? Well, get started. I've, well, we've got, uh, we've, we've got the title. I think it should be called Life is Not as Long as You Think. Well, that is a right title. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, it is for sure. Yeah. Speaking of writing a book, back to Ivy Watson from episode one, a writer, a thinker, a nerd, an all-around renaissance woman. That's it. That's a good question. Actually, it was a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, like I said, I was super lucky in that not only, like I lived in a small town, so I, there was, there was limitations there, certainly. But I think that just made me like more curious because I got a taste of what it like what it was like outside, and I got a taste like of what is available other places through the opportunities that I had because you know some dedicated like teachers that I had were so fantastic at what they did, um, like uh, Heather Lee and Han Safeco from the. 
um, from the high school who run like such an incredible theater program there that is just like out of this world and you have so many like young people coming out of that high school with a love of theater because they treat it with such like risk like with such like um, care professionalism um, and so they, they they create people that love it um, because they treat it that way when I was 16 like <laughs> when I was 16 the the perception of a forward-thinking, open-minded community is not invalid. That's not wrong. Those people are here. Um, but for a place with so few people, there is a surprising amount of um, of group think, <laughs> yeah. um, and and like the. Um, uh, gay Straight Alliance or whatever was like hanging on by threads you know um, people wouldn't join because they were uh, scared of social ostracization like you just couldn't do it I was telling you about this the drag show that happened a few years ago um, they, they couldn't advertise the show because they genuinely feared if they did it would be protested um, and they're probably right uh, the fact that we tried to we tried to paint a rainbow sidewalk and not three, four years later, not only can we mysteriously not find the funding to continue it, but even when it was there, we dealt with so many issues of like vandalism, people burning out their trucks on the fucking, there's my own bias coming in. It might not have always been trucks, but <laughs> it was probably trucks. <laughs> we had, we had, people had suggestions like putting up um, like comment boxes around it. So people could like, could like, uh, oh my God, could put, you know, express their opinions about what they thought. So it was like a compromise, um, a compromise for standing up for people's rights. like. The only, literally, the only way that it gets any better, which it has gotten better, we've had we've had a um, pride committee that's been put together by Perry Rath, who is a saint to this community, um, and so he's he's put that together over the last few years, and so you know we've had our first Black Lives Matter march this summer. Um, those are positive steps, um, but it doesn't it doesn't erase what else is going on here um but that's nothing is nothing is um without you know more people moving and getting those issues out in the open and like literally everywhere in the world yeah. right yeah when ivy and i met and subsequently hit it off she reminded me of my friends who moved away from strath roy and how noticeable of a change happened to them once they left their small town or their past self I wanted Ivy's opinions on local folklore and Smithers' specific quirks. I feel like all you really have to do, well, I mean, you don't have to do anything, but if you want that feeling, all you have to do is, like, walk down, like, Highway 16 at, like, 3.30 in the morning, and uh, you will immediately feel... I'll go to the go to the rail go to the fucking railway like in the middle of the night and you'll immediately feel like and not like <laughs> like a murder has definitely just taken place like yeah, yeah. there's absolutely no chance that anyone's like getting home safe um and it's, it's like the eeriness that comes from a small town is not lost on Smithers absolutely not um like that's how <laughs> That's how I, that's how I love, I love mountains because I just feel like all the time there's just like, 
Oh my god, I I still haven't been to the peak. It's shameful of me to admit I grew up here and I still haven't been to the top. But I will, I will, I will, I will. will. One day when it doesn't feel like, or one summer when it doesn't feel like actual winter every yeah. day. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Every new every new person that comes to Smithers is always like that fucking noon air horn and I'm like oh yeah right (laughs) I forget that happens it's just so like so part of like Smithers now they keep doing that it is amazing to me that that still happens yeah yeah so while she was home was she happy to be back I am yeah hiding from the pandemic currently I hiked like a fiend I hiked like a fiend for the first like three two weeks um I had just spent like two months holed up in my tiny apartment in Toronto so I was like just ready to breathe air and stretch my legs and that was part of why I came back here um but uh no I I mean I I don't I don't need a ton of (laughs) social um (laughs) interaction to be happy but uh uh no I don't I didn't feel lonely um usually coming back to Smithers is like something to look forward to um as long as it's just a visit um that's all you need to feel about it to want to be back here. It's easy to feel settled here. And if that's the feeling that you're looking for, then then perfect. Um, and that's a super, super valid reason, I would say, that there's nothing wrong with that. I can totally see, like, I can see that scenario happening even for myself, like, later on. And also because, you know... It, Knowing people that live in the valley who have more than just their own family here, like people who have like aunts, uncles, grandparents, like if those people can live in the same community, um, and 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 make it theirs, like and make their 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 life like um, uh, integrated in that way, then then that's a super attractive. Uh, lifestyle like for a lot of people and I think that's really fair and particularly now that Smithers is growing um, at a rate that seems to have accelerated as of recently um, it's that's only going to become more easier and easier because it's going to be available for more people to do more things you know maybe like when I was growing up there was only a handful of careers opportunities in Smithers whereas now more different kinds of people can move here because it seems like a bunch of different industries are growing including like we we're talking about in the arts and kind of more creative industries so yeah. um i am uh supportive of that <laughs> and I, I like seeing that yeah i do genuinely i'm happy to be new here and i feel like i might have landed here at the exact right moment Six weeks after the day I moved here, we were put into our first lockdown, and the rest of the world was freaked out, bugged out, locked in, shut down. But here in Smithers, once the dust settled, life got back to normal, sort of, and our paradise felt even more, uh, paradise, sir? Um, Just have to, like, look down Main Street and see all the cool new places that are opening up. It's groovy for a small town, and we see how much we love the brewery. We love the brewery. Shout out to the brewery forever. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> the one and then the, the one and then the other one. <laughs> you work out which ones I'm talking about. Yeah. There's also another brewery. what are you gonna miss when you go 
back to Toronto because you're leaving in like 10 days. That motherfucker right there. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> that motherfucker right there. I'm pointing to the mountain. Yeah, um, I, I, my peripheral vision likes its hugs. And it's sad when um, when they're gone. But uh, no, I I will I miss I miss I do miss mothers when I'm gone. But I miss it in the way that like you miss your parents. <laughs> you know, you miss them, and then you're back, and then you're like, okay, another break now. Laundry was always on the same floor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it usually doesn't cost anything. Audacity. Yes. Yeah. She. Uh, she <laughs> I am. I'm uh, sharing. You know, when I when I, when I can stop sharing a room with my sister, that'll be nice as well. Sharing We're literally sharing a room. Nice. Yeah. That's my mom downsized to a condo, so. Yeah. How else are we going to keep things organized? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of missing fun. things, Karen Demart from episode one has left Smithers. After a marathon run as a smithereen and pivotal personality in the environmental science and music community, Karen and her husband Bruce moved to Powell River after our interview. Uh, I feel like I worded that weird. She didn't move to Powell River because of our interview, by the way. But curiously enough, it was just shortly after I moved to Smithers that they decided to go. Karen and I talked about how it was going to feel to extract herself and her roots from Smithers, and what she was sentimental about. I feel like I was fishing for good tape, getting Karen to talk about her past and what she'll hold dear once she's not here anymore. Is there, and this might be too sentimental or too personal, but is there a message you would like to leave for the people of Smithers? Your friends, your, your, your you know the community that you obviously had such a huge part in building, do you have a message for them that you'd like to leave before you... I mean, not that you're going to disappear off the face of the earth. No. But, you know, you have a lovely house here. You've been so integral to the community. Um, is there a message that you'd leave for everyone? Mm. I have total faith that they will continue. And um, I, I just hope that that's the way that it goes. Yeah. Um, I can't see it being anything other than, you know, I'm totally replaceable. And, you know, I hope that people will come and visit. Yeah. And for sure we'll be back. Yeah. You know, we'll come back for festival. Absolutely. I mean, you, you will know? be missed, though, right? I mean, when we, when I got and started to get involved with Midsummer and working with the crew here, I mean, you're such a kind of stalwart presence on the board and people relying on you and managing um, the kitchen and all the other aspects that you have where people just turn to you and want your um, want your opinion on things. I think that that will be something that will be missed, especially in the next year that we have when we have midsummer. And mm -hmm. Well, I hope that people listen and they can take from all of that and continue to make it because there, there's lots of people who have the same love that I do, and they can do it. Yeah. I know they can do it. Um, and my motto's always been, well, just do it. So, you know, you can. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Yeah. I was 24. I came here, mm -hmm. had family. Great place to raise your kids. It's wonderful. And your kids either decide they like it too, mm -hmm. or they don't. 
So some of them go, some of them stay. Some of them all go, and some of them drift back. Mm -hmm. Now there's lots of young people coming in who are in their mid-20s, early 30s. They're having their kids. So that kind of actual sort of family thing, I think, is, is still happening because this is a great place to raise your kids. Yeah. Smithers is is easy service, is easy getting, getting around, has beautiful outdoors. If you like to be outside, this is a place for you. Mm -hmm. None of that's changed. Um, the people that I first met when I came here, some of those people are still my friends. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it's a long time. It's a, it's a big piece of uh, my life that I've been here. Mm -hmm. And those people, you know, we grew together. They were young just like I was, and we all grew together doing many things for the community. There's a lot of stuff that happens in Smithers. There's lots of activities. There's lots of things to keep you busy here. It's a beautiful um, geographic location. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of outdoor activities. You know, there's no being bored here. Yeah. If you're bored, I don't understand you mm -hmm. because there's there's so much to keep you going. One thing I did notice is people, when they come here, they put in four years, and if they make four years, they're lifers. Mm -hmm. But a lot leave at four. Put in four years yeah. in and the if industry, they, you mean? In living here. Okay. Doing whatever they're doing. Right. But I've known a lot of people that have come here, and after four years... They're gone because they couldn't find their niche. Yeah. They just couldn't. They don't know where it is. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because there's too much or there's not enough for them to be able to understand. I kept this part of our conversation to the end of this show because she's known as being kind of threatening. Her legacy of work in the decades she worked at the Ministry of Forest Lands and Natural Resource Operations has made her a figure of incredible intelligence, managerial prowess, and an inalterable value-driven person. But when we were just sitting in her half-packed kitchen, surrounded by Bruce's carvings and woodwork, and looking out onto her enormous garden, she didn't have her guard up. She wasn't trying to protect an image I might have cast on her. She just talked about the place that shaped her and why she was going to miss it. The, um... The ease of this place is a big one. Yeah. When you think about going someplace else, I mean, that's a thing about Powell River that's attractive. It's it's not a big congested place because I couldn't live in a big congested place. Yeah. And it's, while it's at the top end of the Sunshine Coast, and it's, an, it's a new chapter. It's in a, Bruce calls it a new project. Yeah. And and there's lots of exciting things there, and focus on that. And, I mean, we're going to have the ocean. I love the ocean. And, yeah. You know, there's things that that it does spiritually to me that the mountains will do, with the ground. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my grounding is the earth. It always has been. Mm -hmm. And and uh, growing up in Toronto, we had a farm in the uh, Niagara Peninsula, mm -hmm. and I loved going there. And my dad always said that he took my mom from the farm and drug her to the city where her first love was in the farm, right? right. And I think there's a fair amount of that in me, that I don't like the hustle and bustle of the city yeah. and care, care about the, my environment and, the, and what it is. 
And I always wanted to go into the sciences. Mm-hmm. My dad thought I was crazy, you know. No one at that time, at your family did. Uh, no, my sons are both in right, science but, careers, but but preluding you, there was you were the first one. Yeah. And um, he thought I was nuts, you know. Oh, you should be taking typing, and you're you could be a secretary. And I just look at him. Really? Yeah. Like, I learned how to type when it was time to do my thesis. Right. Because you had to type it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to pay somebody. I didn't have any money to pay somebody. Yeah. So that's when I learned how to type. Yeah. And promptly dropped it. <laughs> was your family um, were they supportive of the move? To here? Yeah. Well, to Vic- I guess to Victoria first, right? And then... Well, you know, though. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I now, uh, being an older person with children who have gone very far away, I know what I did to them. I know that feeling. And it's kind of weird, but that's what we did. You know, I moved across the country. Yeah. I have one son that moved halfway around the world. And now with COVID, we don't even know when we'll see each other again, right? Well, how's the packing going? Uh, well, as you can see, there's boxes everywhere. Yeah. We still have a bit of time, so yeah. uh, I can't do this all day long. Mm-hmm. So I tend to do stuff in the morning and then get outside in the afternoon. Yeah. 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 Um, is this sentimental for you? It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. But it's ma- this place is magical, though. I mean, there's a reason why... Well, this house is full of brews. Yeah. You know, I said to him the other day, like Owen, with Owen leaving on Wednesday, uh, and the feelings that you have over all of that, even though we're going to be really close, and no, nothing says he's even going to stay in Victoria. Um, I said, I think, you know, if anything happened to you and you, you left before me, um, I don't think I could stay here. Mm-hmm. Because so much of, like, this whole house. Yeah. You know, everything. Anything that's wood is bruised. Yeah. And um, and he looked at it a different way, and he said, yeah, but you could you could also say, oh, that was my dear husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the sentimental one, right? He's pretty much. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Mm. So... It's an emotional thing, but, you know, you get through it. You look at the, like I said, look at the other end because it's so different. And it's made it real clear to me that that it's a good place to go. That's it for episode three of I'm New Here. Thanks to Wayne and Skeena Place for ensuring our call even happened. For a while there, it felt like we were never going to talk. Also thanks to Ivy, who's back in Toronto, and who I'm very excited to see once this pandemic is over. Ooh, I still have to watch The Weeknd, her favorite movie. Shout out to Karen. We at the Midsummer Festival miss her and Bruce a lot. You really, really meant something to this town. The music in this episode was by Makai Beats. And stay tuned for one last episode of I'm New Here. Thanks for listening.